Hello and welcome to Tag One Team Talks, the blog and podcast of Tag One Consulting. We're commemorating the 20th anniversary of Drupal with an interview series featuring community leaders talking about their Drupal experiences. I'm really excited to have Don Alley on the show today. Dawn's product manager for customer digital experience at Red Hat, and she brings a really fresh, new, and unique perspective to the series. I'm Michael Myers, the managing director of Tag One. Tag One is the number two all-time contributor to Drupal. We build and uh, manage large-scale applications for Fortune 500s and other organizations in every sector using Drupal, as well as many other technologies. We're also one of the few Drupal 7 extended support providers, and we can help you run Drupal 7 after it reaches end of life next year. Please reach out if you want to learn more. So let's kick it off. Uh, please welcome me in joining Dawn to the show. Dawn is the person that you go to when you want to talk about why Drupal is a really great fit for your organization, for your projects, for your products. Prior to joining Red Hat as the product manager for customer digital experience, she was VP of digital strategy at MediaCurrent, which uh, I'm sure all of you have heard of. It's one of the most well-known Drupal agencies out there. Uh, she also has a lot of experience in the creative side of things, both from her time at MediaCurrent and through her work as a brand manager at the Rise Creative Group. She's a certified Scrum product owner. Uh, as far as I know, Don, the first CSPO on the show, which is another exciting thing. And um, uh, she's also given uh, many talks at, at many conferences, including DrupalCon, uh, on topics like GDPR compliance, content strategy, analytics, and SEO. Uh, so there's a lot, a lot to talk about. Uh, Dawn, thank you so much for joining me today, and welcome to the show. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for that really warm introduction and having me. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so when I was putting together some notes for the show, uh, I was looking at your Drupal.org profile, uh, and I noticed that you set it up around eight years ago in roughly 2013, but then I also looked at your resume, and I was like, wait a minute, she has been working with Drupal for so many more years, and so I'm wondering, you know, why, uh, why is there that multi-year gap between when you first started using Drupal and when you first created that profile? Yeah, I know. It's um, <laughs> So first, it took me forever to make my profile. I am not an engineer. So for the longest time, I felt like it would be really weird for me to be on D.O. And I didn't always see myself represented in the Drupal community. And so I think I finally jumped in when my DrupalCon Austin talk was accepted. It was about how to get the most ROI out of your Drupal website. So again, not developer centric, uh, but it made the cut. And I also remember very specifically a meeting with Dave Terry, founder of MediaCurrent and Adam Wade, our marketing director at the time saying, Don, just make the profile. Um, so I think that was the nudge that I needed and the validation I needed to just jump in and make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, that's really interesting because, you know, coming from an engineering background and, you know, um, I'm not always attuned to these things. Do, do you think that we've made progress as a community? You know, do you think people come to Drupal.org today and say, whoa, this is for engineers? Like, um, you know. Oh, yeah. It's a million times better. Okay. Um, <laughs> so even within Drupal.org, there are a lot clearer paths into contributing that just were not there at the time when I was getting started in Drupal. 
it's much easier to jump in with editing content or testing. Um, I see a lot more diversity in the talks at DrupalCon too, which has been really nice. But imposter syndrome is a real thing. I had a double take even when I was invited to this podcast. I almost emailed you to be like, you know, I'm not a developer, right? I was one of the main reasons I, I well, first of all, I was told to invite you. So, uh, I don't want to give away the end of the show uh, and, and, and what I do, but, but, you know, I will, I ask everybody, you know, uh, uh, you know, you have to volunteer one person who would it be? And yeah. James Rutherford at Pantheon was like, didn't even hesitate. He was like, Oh, you got to talk to Don. And so I was like, okay. And I, and I, I looked you up and I was like, this is, this is awesome. We need, we need more perspectives. And, you know, and, and I, I think that, you know, I'm as guilty of this as many people, you get so in the zone of here are the people I know. And I, I tend to gravitate towards, you know, uh, a lot of engineers. And so I was really excited that you said that you would join us because, you know, you, you have that perspective. It never occurred to me that Drupal wasn't friendly. And as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, of course not. Um, and we've made I'm really glad to hear that we've made inroads because there has been so much effort in the community to one encourage people to do more contribution to show people that code is not the only way to contribute that to thrive as a community we need contribution in all these areas to to bring in the talks like yours to DrupalCon so I'm really happy to hear that we're that we've really made a lot of progress over the last you know, eight or so years in, in doing that. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's always going to be a little weird for people like me, because I don't fit in 100% everywhere. So I'm not an engineer. So I don't always fit in those hardcore engineering spaces. Mm-hmm. And I have a strong preference for open source and Drupal as a content management system. So I don't always fit in in the more dogmatic branding circles either who believe to be a a real designer, you shouldn't care about the technology, let alone prefer something. So it's a tricky space to be in. But I think people like me, my profile, those technical marketing, strategic people, it's growing. So it's been really nice that Drupal has been a place that's been very welcoming. That's great. Well, we need more people like you in the community, in tech in general. Uh, we're certainly open open source at heart is how I like to call it. Yeah. Um, so how did you first come to discover Drupal? It's kind of a long story. So back in 2010, I was working for this really boutique digital agency called Rise Creative Group. We were out of downtown Orlando We were doing cool branding for people like Grant Hill and companies like Hart and Huntington, the Florida Bar Foundation. And we were a branding company. So custom was like our thing for a long time, like custom design, custom mobile apps, custom website, .NET is cool. So for the website piece in particular, Um, it became a frustration point for a lot of people to have to go through the development team to make a content change. The development team hated it. Customers did not want to wait to get in our queue, wait to get the content change. So we started looking at what technologies existed 
And looking at content management systems in the market at the time, there were three main players and we picked Drupal. It gave us all the things we needed, let us still scratch the custom itch, you know, and enabled us to help customers build their business really fast because we weren't doing everything from the ground up and on a really reliable technology. So that was the first kind of taste. Mm -hmm. And is that what got you hooked on open source? Because I mean, you went from there to media current, which was really, you know, hardcore into Drupal and open source. And from there to Red Hat, which is, you know, the, the pioneer of so much of open source. So it's crazy to go from, you know, the, the sort of bespoke boutique to, you know. Yeah. I know my career path has been so strange. So I feel like moving from Rise where I had to spend a lot of time selling people on why Drupal was a good idea to um, Media Current where I doubled down hardcore on Drupal. Um, you know, the people coming to Media Current, especially at that point in time, they had already chosen Drupal and they were coming to find a really strong Drupal technology shop. Mm -hmm. So we were outsourcing our strategy and design work um, either to be done in-house by our clients or by somebody else. Mm -hmm. So Dave took a big chance on me and let me found the strategy department at Media Current. And I think that's when I really super fell in love with Drupal because man, we were growing so fast. I was learning so much from those people and when I was looking for my next career move, I knew I wanted to stay open source and I knew I wanted to stay in the Drupal ecosystem. And so Red Hat was like a, a lot of wins for me. Um, Red Hat's obviously strong open source and all of the web properties, including the one that I manage run on Drupal. So awesome. stick into Drupal hardcore. <laughs> Uh, real quick, uh, tell us a little bit about the Drupal usage at Red Hat, because they've been a really long time user of Drupal. I mean, I want to say like a decade in my mind, maybe more, um, that they've been using Drupal. Yeah, that sounds about right. So anytime we do anything at Red Hat, we look to start with open source. Like literally everything about Red Hat is open source. The way we make decisions is open source. The technology we use is open source. The Drupal made a lot of sense for us. Um, the property that I work with primarily is our customer portal. Massive site. You can see it at access.redhat.com. And it is a, a mixture at the moment of Drupal 7 and Drupal 9 as we go through our migration process. But yeah, awesome. all the core properties are Drupal. Very cool. So from your perspective, What's the best part about being a part of the Drupal community? I think there's something really special about that shared Drupal experience. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's so obvious that at one point, especially when my husband and I were first dating, he could pick up on it. Um, I would introduce him to someone and he could really reliably tell if this was somebody from the Drupal community or somebody not. I guess the like 
energy exchange is really undeniable. Um, or maybe we just see like other people uh, who just, who resonate with us. Like we have the same sense of humor or the same sense of, I don't know. I don't know what it is that makes it so undeniable. Um, wasn't the the Drupalcon socks, the the, the, the t-shirt, <laughs> the plushie <laughs> that gave us away. <laughs> I mean, it could be the undeniable love of karaoke. Um, it could be a lot of things, but it's, I guess it's abundantly clear, even for people outside of the community. And, you know, the, I feel like my longest friends I met somehow through Drupal. So whether that's in a co-working situation where we're colleagues or even a like vendor client relationship, there's something so sticky about the Drupal community that I love. I, without Drupal, I wouldn't have those close relationships. I got I'm I'm sure, I mean, if a sociologist hasn't studied the community, they should. <laughs> Um, I'm going to do some digging and see if we can get someone in because, you know, it, it, there is something amazing about the people. And I don't know, I could never put my finger on what differentiates it from all these other communities that I'm a part of and, and why that is always the case with people that I talk to about Drupal. Yeah. I got so, the chills. <laughs> <laughs> What is your uh, favorite Drupal memory or experience? So I have two. Um, the first one is I went to the Pantheon party for DrupalCon Austin. And now just to set the stage, I still had that imposter syndrome going strong, even though I had just given my ROI talk earlier in the day. And I remember walking in to this party, outdoor party, beautiful party, live band. And before I could move towards somebody that I knew, this delightful stranger came up to me and was like, Drupal? So I was like, yeah, Drupal. And he goes, Drupal, and gives me this huge high five. And I don't know, sometimes I still think about that moment because it was such an icebreaker. I don't even know this person's name, but it, just filled me with so much joy. So that was, that was number one, that like instant acceptance. You're part of the Drupal community, you're in. Um, so that gave me all the warm fuzzies. And then professionally, I think my favorite memory was going to Manhattan to pitch a really large insurance company. They hadn't picked Drupal yet. They were looking for someone to help them take on an entirely new direct to consumer market. So it was me as the VP of digital strategy, Dave Terry as the, of course, founding partner of Media Current, but also a complete genius when it comes to sales. Uh, Kevin Basarab, who at the time was VP of delivery and Chris Doherty um, as our creative director. So real tiny tight team. And the odds were stacked so high against us and we nailed that pitch. Like we just nailed it. And that was some of my favorite times at Media Cram because I was getting in the trenches with a customer to learn what they were trying to achieve with their business and give it those moments of clarity or inspiration. 
So in this case, it was telling them something new about their current customers and helping them reach an untapped segment. Because we were really trying so hard to empower customers with data to make smart decisions for their business to help their customers, which makes a lot of sense, you know, in an agency environment or even in a customer environment like where I am at Red Hat, growing our customers' business has been the best way to grow your own business because we depend on each other to be successful. Like we need our customers to be successful so they continue to come back and invest in us. And we then get the privilege of continuing to improve the lives of everyone that interacts with their brand. It's that kind of um, reach that you can't get in other industries. I think that's one of the favorite things uh, about what I get to do is you know that interaction with organizations and being able to solve problems in, in, in meaningful ways and, and see how it benefits them and, and their users. Um, I also think I finally figured out why your husband, you know, understands who all the Drupal people are because we're walking down the street, Drupal, Drupal, and as soon as someone says yes, we're like high five. <laughs> uh, and you that also can probably it. <laughs> our, our secret handshake isn't a handshake; it's it's a high five. Drupal <laughs> high five. Oh man, that's awesome. Right. That's a great way to be greeted. Um, it felt amazing, like. Yeah, that's the, the best way to welcome welcome somebody in. I'm going to try that in my next client pitch. <laughs> oh, they're all very cool. So at, at the top of the show, we talked a little bit about this, you know, Drupal contributions to Drupal go way beyond code. And while code is really important and gets a lot of the cred, Drupal wouldn't be Drupal unless people contributed documentation and, and where we actually need the most help are the areas where you're an expert. You know, Drupal needs to be better marketed, better positioned, you know, where, where we, we desperately need more people with your background to come to the website and say, not only do I belong here, but I can really help here. Um, so I'm curious what your first contribution experience was like you know, what it was, how it went. Um, I don't know what you remember around it. <laughs> um, so I don't have a commit to my name. I remember trying to do Drupal ladder and like curling into a ball and crying years and years ago. So my definition of contribution is different. Um, my first one was hosting Drupal meetups in Orlando and giving free marketing workshops. So that's where I really got to know Drupal and help close the gap, which at the time was felt like an ocean between marketing, business people, and Drupal. The unsung heroes, these, these local community organizers, uh, I've talked about this in some of the interviews in the past. To me, they are the backbone of this community. You know, every, well, you know, not so much with the pandemic, but, uh, you know, historically, you know, every week, every night, every city, there was a Drupal meetup somewhere in the world. And because of this robust local community, uh, I, I think that's a critical reason as to, you know, what drove Drupal to the, you know, the success seen today 
And, um, you know, being a local community organizer uh, is, is really challenging. It takes a tremendous amount of effort. And, um, you know, the, you guys deserve tremendous credit for, for doing all of that. Um, it's been oh, super oh. fun. Oh, yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Nonsense. Um, of all of the contributions to Drupal that you've made, is there something that you're like, oh, I did that. Like, I'm really proud of that. Yeah. So it's, it's impossible for me to detangle the work that I contributed to Drupal, the big organization, versus the work that we've done with customers. And even though I love the thrill of launching something completely new, high stakes, high stress, I think if I were to pick just one thing, I think it would be the strategy work we did with Truth Initiative. So the mission of Truth Initiative is to spread truth about smoking, vaping, nicotine. And that hit home for me. My dad smoked his whole life and he died from lung cancer because of it. So working with Truth Initiative, it made me feel really connected to him because mm -hmm. at that, you know, my dad died when I was a kid. Um, so being able to help them get that research in front of as many people as possible and having that instant gratification, well, like instant in three months gratification of seeing in hard numbers, more people reach their website, increases in organic search, 600 new keywords and search engine result pages. It was so personal for me and so meaningful. Like that felt like such a win to be able to help them reach that, that new audience. Yeah, it's, it's one of the most fulfilling parts of what I get to do um, is when, you know, like I, I love all of our clients yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, and we get to work on some really exciting projects with clients, but when we do something that, that, that helps make the world a better place that helps, you know, people, you know, be better. Like that is fulfilling on a level that, you know, it just feels, you know, so to have that personal connection, you know, in addition to, to that um, is amazing. And I think that, you know, I think one of the things that I've always loved about Media Current is what you described. Like they did it right. You know, the, the way that you give back to and contribute to open source is by scratching your own itch, by, you know, doing things in an open source way. And through the work that they did for their do, the work they do for their clients, you know, they contributed back to open source. They, they still are a top contributor to the platform. And, and that's the way it should be. It's not an afterthought. It's the way that you do things. And so I think it's great that, that your uh, favorite contribution is inextricably linked to what you did as a commercial company in the ecosystem. If everybody did that, Drupal would be, you know, orders of magnitude greater. And that's where we need to be. Um, so what about um, a contribution that you wish you could hide <laughs> or, or erase. This is this is one of my favorite questions because you know everybody sees 
you know, your success, you know, and, 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 and not everybody gets to see some of the things that got you there. And I think it's important to share, you know, that we all learn some lessons, um, you know, so if you were to look back, you know, is there something where, you know, you're turning a little red or you're like, oh God, I, <laughs> I can't believe I did that. Or I really wish I could change that. Oh yes. I will probably turn red just in telling you this story. So I have a bit of a type A personality and I agonize over preparing for big presentations. So for my first DrupalCon talk, I remember editing my slides up until the very last minute. And of course, the night before I had the brilliant idea to talk about marketing automation. It was a win-win fit perfectly into the ROI talk that I was already moving towards. At that point in time, um, I think this was still in Drupal 7, we had just flipped over the marketing automation modules like Pardot, Marketo, Eloqua into Drupal 7. And so I started adding these slides. Did I talk about this ahead of time with Adam Wade or Jay Calicott, the, the people pioneering those integrations with Drupal? No, I did not. <laughs> Did I get a designer to help me make these flowcharts and graphics? Nope. It was just me in my conference room typing away for these slides. Was it a total disaster? So, no. Well, the content was solid and I think it hit the audience, but I think I gave Adam Wade a mild panic attack the moment I flipped to the slide to this new marketing automation flowchart that he hadn't seen before, I can still picture the way his eyes opened so wide. <laughs> so I learned some lessons through that process. <laughs> I, you're, you're touching a, a personal note for me because you, you made me think, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, Lullabot used to have like a conference series. And it was like their, their first or second one of them. And they invited me to speak. And it was the first time I had ever spoken at like a big event. And I put together a presentation and I don't think it went as well as yours did. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I remember like being so grateful for Jeff Eaton. I think I finished like at least 15 minutes early, maybe even more. Cause I was like so nervous and speaking so fast and like, and he like peppered me with questions and, you know, got it to at least, you know, at least 10 minutes early, <laughs> but it was, oh yeah. I really hope that wasn't recorded. <laughs> Those people in the audience, they're like pure gold. The ones that can feed you the easy questions and let you run out the clock, bless them. <laughs> well, I think one of the secrets to giving a great presentation is to have a plant in the yes. audience. <laughs> <laughs> Someone who can like break the ice for that first question because then the rest of the audience goes. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> um, so when you think of all the things that you've learned along the way, is there something that you learned the hard way about Drupal where you're like, oh, I really wish someone had told me about this or I want to share with other people because damn. Like, <laughs> yes. Oh, man. It, especially knowing my background coming from that hardcore branding focus, where, you know, 
you almost wore it as a badge of honor when you could bend something to your will. The lesson I learned the hard way is don't fight it. Don't fight the system. If you can use something the way it was intended, that is a bazillion percent what you should do because there are people who put a ton of thought into how that module or distribution or whatever works. And if it fits your use case, awesome. Don't fight it. Don't customize it. Don't over-engineer it. Spend those innovation tokens wisely and do it on something that's going to really move the needle for your market. So on the flip, my advice to anyone working on Drupal projects is don't be an order taker from your clients or stakeholders. Don't just say yes and make something that you are going to hate maintaining. Part of your job has got to be to partner with that person to figure out the problems those people are really trying to solve because that's where we're going to see the most value. And where I am now in my role, it is the best part of my day when somebody tells me no and offers to give me a better path forward because I know I don't know everything. And to have that conversation where we make the trade-offs, like if you go down this route, these are the dangers. If you go down this route, here are the other dragons you may encounter. That makes me feel really good about the ultimate decision we make because we've explored everything. I've never liked being told no, <laughs> but it is much better when you come to me with a better idea yeah. <laughs> and you say, no, but, but I've got a great idea. Um, no, I think that's, I think that's really great advice for people because especially given, you know, the way that the community operates, you know, it, you know, you, you can't fight things, you know, it, it really is a good, good point. You got to work within the system to get to where you want to be. And, um, you know, the, the more effort and energy you spend trying to fight it, the, the more you're just tiring yourself out and getting nowhere. So. Yeah, agree. Given your background in strategy, the fact that you've been in the community for over 10 years, what do you think the biggest threat to Drupal is? So I don't worry as much about people choosing Drupal for the first time. I worry about retaining and deepening the usage of Drupal in existing adopters. Businesses are always reevaluating their budgets, spends, allocations. And now that I'm client side, I'm more aware of discussions happening around technology choices than ever before. And when you are staring down a huge migration from Drupal 7 to Drupal 9, and it's gonna take multiple quarters or even years, businesses are naturally gonna be evaluating if this is a good idea or if this is the opportunity to pivot technologies into something that is easier. We all know there's no easy button in this space. Like it takes a long time because you probably customized your Drupal 7 site into the ground, but the people who are controlling the dollars don't always have that story and awareness and context. That's my worry. No, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, I've, I've always thought of it as like the revolving door problem of Drupal. And it's great that eight 
has uh, meaningfully addressed and solved this because historically every version of Drupal was a different platform and to migrate yeah. from the previous to the new was like migrating from anything to anything. And so it forced you to step back and say, should I be doing this? What else is out there? Um, and so, you know, the easy upgrade path. Um, and then the other thing, you know, it's great to hear you say, you know, uh, you know, when, when we think of like a sales perspective, when you're, you know, at an organization, you think of like, you know, landing and expanding, you know, closing an account is extremely challenging and difficult. Once you're, you know, you're in an organization and you're proving your worth and showing success, you can expand into that organization and grow your business in a much more cost-effective and scalable manner. And it's, it's a really great idea that we should uh, foster more in the community. And it kind of, you know, like kind of blew my mind when you said it, because we, we talk about this all the time at the organizations we work at, you know, when we're dealing with our customers, but I've never heard someone, even at Acquia, when like their whole mantra was land and expand, I don't think I ever heard anybody say, this is how we need to approach Drupal mm. uh, from a community standpoint. Um, so it's really interesting how, you know, I, I think that that's something that, that we really got to double down on and, 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 and get more of. Um, so where do you see Drupal going in the future? You know, if you had a, you know, uh, look down the telescope, if you could see, you know, even, you know, five, 10 years into the future, what do you see? So I personally think Drupal is going to keep lowering the barrier to entry for marketing, rich content editorial experiences, and design-focused people. Those groups are becoming more technical, and there are often the people responsible for showing the ROI on digital investments. So enabling those types of people to iterate really quickly will help them grow their business, make them a believer, and justify the investment in Drupal over something else. Wow. Awesome. All right. We're, I can't believe how much, how quickly time has flown by. I just looked at the clock and I'm like, oh my. <laughs> so I'm going to jump to the lightning round. Uh, a couple of questions before we wrap up. Uh, what comes to your mind immediately? Uh, first question, who are your Drupal mentors? I knew this was going to come and I agonized over my answer here because I know as soon as we hang up, I'm going to think of like 15 billion other people that I should have mentioned. So I'm gonna to try to nail this. So uh, number one, Dave Terry had a profound impact on my career. As a mentor, he let me bounce ideas off of him and gave me the room to try new things, like found a whole department. <laughs> and I learned so much about sales through his leadership. James Rutherford is beyond high on my list. I would literally follow James into a hurricane if he told me that was a good idea. So I've just seen him do the impossible from leading the architecture for really high profile enterprise Drupal websites to turning really unprofitable projects into profitable projects while improving customer satisfaction and driving sustainable revenue while supporting the team. So I, I think the world of James, his superpower is really being able to set the context 
for why a conversation matters broadly and specifically to the people there. And he's a true consultant. He won't just tell you what you want to hear either. So I feel like every conversation with James is like a masterclass in how to be a great human being. And I have also asked unending questions to all of the ridiculously smart people I have been lucky to work with, like Melissa Bint, Brian Gibson, Damian McKenna, Bob Kepfer, Bio Fidoki, Zach Hawkins, Alex McCabe. So many. I could keep going. That's I think the best part about the Drupal community so far is they haven't turned me away from asking so many questions. It's been amazing. It's uh, it's hard. I, I I love asking that question, but I know it's hard because it's like an Oscar speech. You're like, and I, and I left out all these other amazing people <laughs> that I like. I would never be here without. And, uh, it's it's impossible to answer. Um, do you have a favorite or least favorite Drupal module or even feature? A lot. Um, <laughs> a lot of favorites or least favorites? <laughs> a lot of favorites. I feel like over time, most of the modules that I've really cared about have been sucked into core. Yeah. And that's been really great to see. Um, yeah. I know you said you were a big fan of uh, DrupalCon Austin. And we've heard a lot about the Pantheon parties. Yeah. Uh, it seems to be a recurring theme on the show. Um, uh, is, is that your favorite uh, Drupal conference or camp? Uh, do you have another awesome Drupal conference or camp experience? I think DrupalCon Nashville might have been my favorite. Okay, so DrupalCon Austin had that cool bowl in the middle of the conference. And so that was really fun. Can't miss out on the bowl. But the fun thing about Nashville, I feel like the karaoke in particular was incredible. Just incredible karaoke, incredible music scene, and the birds of a feather for Nashville were just really amazing. Great conversations. Um, That's another thing I hope was was never recorded with some of the karaoke <laughs> at Nashville. <laughs> oh, I have pictures. Oh my God. <laughs> you, uh, as you were saying that, like visions popped in the back of my mind that I'd completely forgotten about. Um, that, yeah. Wow. That was a really good time. Um, all right. One more question before we, we wrap it up. The penultimate question here. Uh, where do you go to learn more about Drupal? Um, the honest answer is I go to, uh, either Google Hangouts or Slack. So the, the communities in which I know friends and colleagues for Drupal and Google is honest, but that's where I go. And I do tend to prefer answers coming out of agencies and of course, Drupal.org. And the, the dishonest answer is the tag one team talks. No, of course. <laughs> All right. Last question. Uh, pass the torch. Uh, James Rutherford said, hey, you got you to gotta speak to Dawn. Um, who should I interview next? So first, I hope I made it worth your while. And this has been a fun talk. Um, second, I would probably say Jason Smith. 
I feel like Jason is kind of famous for his work on weather.com. He's also solving some of our most complex Drupal challenges at Red Hat. And with interviewing Jason, you get his like off the charts genius brain and undoubtedly a ton of dad jokes. Like, I think it's a win-win for you. <laughs> I'm sold. I'm a big <laughs> fan of dad jokes. And uh, I, I had a couple of chances to meet him when he was working on some of the weather.com stuff with you guys. And I mean, that was just, you know, that was such a milestone for Drupal, uh, such an amazing project. And, and we, we definitely need to talk about that experience more and, and talk to him in general. I, I will be sure to reach out. Uh, Don, I wish we had more time. This was awesome. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Time flew by and uh, there, there's so much more I'd love to talk about. This was a really great perspective. We need more uh, folks on the show that can you know, give us the insights that you have. I really appreciate you joining me today. Uh, to all our viewers, we really appreciate you joining us as well. Uh, if you like this talk, please remember to upvote, subscribe, and share it out. You can check out all of our other interviews in this series at tag1.com slash 20. Uh, you can also check out our past Tag1 team talks and the latest technology topics at tag1.com slash talks. Uh, as always, we'd love your feedback, topic suggestions. Who do you think we should interview next? You can reach out to us at talks at tag1.com. That's tag1.com. Dawn, thank you so much. And to all listeners, again, thank you for tuning in. Take care.